Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. play against 10 men for over an hour but are unable to find a way to beat Chris Powell Southend. We're asking this evening if listeners are still confident that the Addicts can get promotion this season. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening everybody. Welcome to Charlton Live. Coming to you live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we get ready to look back at yesterday's one-all home draw with Southend United are Mr Tom Wanning. How are you doing Tom? Yeah, alright. Yeah, all right. did you have a good weekend? It was frustrating when it was yesterday. Frustrating but, weekend. Um, and yeah, it's been alright. Yeah? Yeah. Got over it today because how did Wales do in the rugby today? I mean, look. Uh, they won yesterday. Ah, England right. won today. So hey, There we go. Yeah. Uh, joining the pair of us, someone who cares not for rugby I dare say. Or does he? Terry Smith, how are you doing? Oh, yes, he does. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, I mean, I'm, am I over yesterday? Yes, probably just. Yeah. It was uh, It was a frustrating day, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. Here at the Valley. It, um, yeah, I mean, frustrating. All round, you know, and we were just talking off air. Had um, Josh Parker's header not been brilliantly tipped around, we could be having a completely different conversation here today, couldn't we? So, uh, mm. fine lines. Yeah, certainly. So, on tonight's show, 
We will look back at yesterday's one-all draw with Southend United. We're going to hear the highlights of the game with a special guest summariser in Jason Pierce, which was good to hear. So the highlights are slightly longer, actually, because he, he was genuinely quite interesting. I'm not saying that you and, and you and Stubbers aren't <laughs> No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's an accusation well deserved. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, he was uh, he was generally very interesting, uh, Pierce. So we'll, we'll hear what he had to say. Uh, of course, we'll hear Terry's interview with the Charlton manager, Lee Bayer, as well. Uh, we want to hear a lot from you guys this evening. We've got plenty of you who've already got involved, of course. Um, you know, interesting team selection yesterday with the Mark Marshall playing up front for example and then uh, when he was switched to the wing uh, in the second half Lee Bayer came out after the game and uh, was quite upset with the deliveries into the area from both Marshall and Tariq Fosu. He didn't hold back with his uh, comments to the media after the game. So we want to know what you thought about the performance, those particular players, um, any other players who stood out for you, bad or good, um, and how you're feeling now about our promotion chances. Obviously, ever since uh, Carl and Grant has gone and uh, Lyle Taylor's been suspended, we've, we've struggled in front of goals. So now how are you feeling now that we're sort of settling now into the reality of life after Carl and Grant. Obviously, Lyle Taylor's still to come back, but, you know, I mean, Jason Pierce himself said yesterday that the top two is now going to be very difficult to get to. So we want to know what you guys think about that as well. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum and have your say uh, on tonight's show. Uh, just before we hear the highlights, Terry, just get you a little bit closer to your microphone as well. Um, well, I'm just, I'm just, actually, I've got a question. At what point do I have to swear <laughs> well yeah anyone who, anyone who listens to Thursday's big match preview will know that Nathan Muller wasn't sure what the timing you know let, let the team down in a in a big sense by swearing on air <laughs> which I'm sure the the two professionals in front of me uh, in the studio this evening shan't be doing started his ban hasn't he yeah he's on yeah he's on his free he's, he's on his free show ban now Nathan and uh yeah I gave him a beating after as well um so Terry, why did it? Mm, uh, I mean, when you play for an hour against ten men, you expect to win the game. Yeah, I guess so. But how many times have, uh, have teams said that? And there's uh, there's that old chestnut. It's uh, harder to play against uh, ten men than eleven because they just sit back and uh, make make themselves harder to break down, which is all true. But uh, you know, the reality is, and actually, when you consider the chances we created, although the final ball, as Lee Bayer himself said, and I'm sure you'll hear later, just wasn't good enough regularly enough. Had it been, I mean, had the uh, the quality of the pass and the crosses been the same as the one that we actually did score from, then again we might be sitting here talking about a different uh, different uh, result and uh, and future. But it wasn't. We were uh, we were very frustrating in that final third. And is that because you know our top two marksmen weren't there? Almost certainly, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's never easy to play without your two best strikers. In fairness, that's not something as Charlton fans we're, we're that used to having two best well, strikers. True, it's, yeah. normally, it's normally just never easy to play without your one best striker. But, you know, we're, we're missing both of them now, one of them permanently. At least Lyle Taylor will be back uh, next week. Um, I mean, it could if it wasn't for... Two amazing saves from the goalkeeper, Tom. I mean, this this would be a very different show this evening, and that's why I guess it's important not to get too carried away with, you know, doom and gloom because we have struggled to to, to beat a ten man team because we we were dominant in that second half uh, up until injury time, really, when Southend had a couple of half chances, um, and it, it could have been a very very different story if it wasn't for Nathan Bishop in the Southend goal. Definitely, definitely, and uh, yeah, I left yesterday's game frustrated that we hadn't taken all three points. I'm sure a lot of people did, but reflecting on it today you know you know Chris Powell and you know what what he's capable of doing particularly when a team goes down to 10 men he likes that defensive formation he likes to try and hit teams on the break so when he's got 10 men that that kind of suits him almost and yes you would hope that a team up in the top six would be able to break them down Um, and we did get through a couple of times and have those two chances which yeah it was 
only a, a magnificent couple of saves that, that stopped us going ahead. Um, but as you, you've both said, you know, we're missing our, our top striker. Um, we did look slightly off it in the final third yesterday and a point's not the worst result in the world. Um, it is frustrating that we didn't get that win. But uh, yeah, I'm not too downbeat looking back because I thought a lot of the performance was good. It was just we got to the edge of the box and, and didn't really make the right decision enough times. But with Lyle coming back next week and you'd assume Mark Marshall probably not playing up there, um, I would hope things would be different against Blackpool. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights, starring the special guest summariser, the club captain, uh, Jason Pearce, and also, of course, uh, Greg Stubbley and our very own Terry Smith. Flick on there from the throw-in, and uh, Southender attacking down the right-hand side with Kiteley's ball into the box, sends Cox a bit wide, and then Solly gets the block in, but it's still on the edge of the area, and a snapshot by Mantum, the captain, goes high into the back of the cover then, but uh, early warning signs for Charles to go uh, for his uh, rebound. He does get something, knocks it to Ben Reeves, who further right is Marshall into the penalty area. On his right, can he go past his man? He does, get to the byline, oh, and he's squeezed across and kept out with the feet of Bishop. Nobody immediately in front of him, so he's going to have to go back to Nabisar on halfway. Inside it comes to Fossu, who's come short. Fossu cuts inside, Good finds play. Reeves in space. Really nice. Reeves has got Solly out here on the right. Solly, corner of the penalty area, lovely ball to find him. Touches it, back across, lovely oh. shot from Fossu just over the bar. Great and play. Charlton looked really threatening going forward. Did well to hold him up, but it's right to... Kitely, Kitely cuts back inside on his left, thinks about a shot, takes oh, it, looking for the top oh corner, and that wasn't a million miles away. Uh, there to head it clear, but it drops to Kitely, his ball up to Humphreys, goes down under pressure, referee thought about it, didn't give it, and then Reeves has just given the ball back to Mentum, back to Humphreys, thinks about a shot, Billick trying to block that, and it's the second shot, takes a deflection off of Nabisar, and the opening goal is South Ends. Yeah, I just said, just literally just said just a minute ago, we're over, about overplaying and I think we overplayed there and give the ball away cheaply and then they've gone on, uh, got a deflected goal, but it could have been prevented. And there's two deflections as well. I think it came off Saar and Billick. Humphreys, it was a, a powerful effort that just looped up and not much Phillips could do about it, but I think Jason's spot on. I think it was a case of, it was an early long ball on or, or just trying to get out of this sort of crowded area that, that Southend have been causing because uh, really South End have, have, that's all they've really been doing is it's just causing a bit of pressure on us you'd say Charlton up to this point have been fairly comfortable and the only opportunities South End have had have, have been because of Charlton mistakes Tekele is headed down by Hart and cleared away by White and South End have a counter-attack as Humphreys has momentarily got past Did he know Saar he was off? and just, oh, he's just pulled up did he know he was offside I, I can't I think he, he must stopped. have thought he heard a whistle did he? yeah <laughs> Got, got away just, with that one just oh. stopped Humphreys who was clear on goal he might not have gone the end of it and Charlton have given the ball away through Cullen and Knightley winning the ball and Bielik having to win it back for Charlton Reeses and oh, oh, wow. oh that's, that's a red card dangerous that's a red challenge card. from Yearwood that has to be a red card and that is a red card and Charlton have been given a lifeline here as Yearwood showed a bit of inexperience with a heavy challenge on Johnny Williams, his feet were off the ground. Get the get the trainer on. Somebody, just referee, just get the physio on. He took he took Williams out shin high. Yeah, it's an awful tackle. It's a bouncing ball, but Yearwood made no contact with it and wiped out Johnny Williams. And referee Simon Hooper. There are certain there are certain cards card. where you have some sympathy with where players are genuinely trying to get to the ball. And I'm sure he was, but he left his foot so high then. And I accept Williams got there first and took the ball away from him. You can't challenge that high anymore. You just can't. No, I think it's a definite red card, that. 
obviously, I think I think he was going genuinely going for the ball, but when you're going in that high and you miss the ball, it's, it's got to be a red card, unfortunately for the boy. Humphreys, it's going to be Manson to take Manson over the wall, and it's not far wide either. Southend are claiming a goal, but it's, it's harmlessly wide from our angle. Why did they think that was a goal? It's, it's actually rolled all the way to Naby Sar in the middle of the pitch. Tries to shoot and Naby Sar it. And it's not far wide. It's a hell of a strike from the centre half out of position and almost in the midfield role. Um, what a spectacular effort that sent Nathan Bishop flying, but wide. It's worth knowing that's probably Charlton's only attempt on goal yes. so far. Great effort from Naby. You see him, he's one of the best finishers at the club, to be fair. Even in, tra even in training, he's uh, very, very good. Great oh, left foot. Southend get the game back underway. Fosu, Fosu down towards Reeves. It goes for goal and it's not that far away from Ben by Ben Reeves. And his weaker right foot, the ball just dipped. It was dipping, but it was not quite enough to get it on target. But a good start from the Addicts in this second yeah. half. Real good. It was a good strike to be from Reeves on his uh, weaker foot on his right. And it was a good, it was a good effort. It's a positive start. Hopefully we can Southend have off. the ball with Cox. Goes down the line looking for Humphreys. And Chris Solly goes across to chase. And he's just trying to usher out of the play, but Humphreys has got the better of him. And Humphreys takes it past him into the pounds here. Humphreys backwards to Manta with a shot over the bar. That was a huge and chance a for Southend, that huge chance. Chris Solly gambled on trying to put the ball, allow the ball to go out of play. Didn't work. And Humphreys, once he was in the box, I'm surprised he didn't go himself. Reverse ball to Parker. Now Williams in a bit of space. Williams thinks about a shot, goes for it. And it's straight at the goalkeeper in the end. It's a shame. Again, you've got to give some uh, credit to Josh Parker for his hold-up play there. Brought yeah, nice Johnny touch. Williams in. Yeah. I think Stop. now it's even more important now. Two banks of four, South ended. We've got to move the ball really quickly and get it out wide and, and use, use the uh, 2v1. Further around now is Bielik. Bielik. Further to the right is Marshall. Crossing opportunity for Marshall. Born to the box. Flicked on by Reeves. Yeah, it's oh, got to be yes. Yes. Oh, 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 Ben Reeves with the header. Great header. What a header that is. Mark Marshall the ball in the box. Reeves came to the near post. A little glancing flick from one of the smallest players on the pitch. And it comes off the post and in. And Charles have the equaliser. Oh, that's all down to movement. The movement of the players wide. Mark Marshall getting into space, that's a lovely whip cross, but it's the movement of Ben Reeves into the near post, into the edge of the six-yard box. Lovely flicked header, and the keeper had no chance. At first, I thought it was going to come off the post and back into his arms, but Charlton needed that badly. We need come to on. go on and win this. Come on, boys. What a header from Ben Reeves, of all players. One that this man alongside us would have been happy with. <laughs> no, it was, a great, it was a great ball from Mark. Mark Marshall, he put two in earlier, went straight into the keeper's hand, so a bit of quality, and uh, Reeves got on the end of it. Trying to take the free kick quickly, gets it to Fossu. Fossu's allowed to turn. To the right is Bielik. Bielik thinks about a shot. It goes for it! Oh! It's a great save from Bishop. Uh, Christian Bielik has sent her off with an outstanding strike, forcing the save from the goalkeeper. And that's, Bish a, that's a centre-half that knows he can play in midfield and yeah. has got oh, a shot on him. Just watch the replay, the, the credit to the goalkeeper there. That's a great save. And Bielik's so lucky, he couldn't have hit that any better. Cox is about two foot away from the ball at the minute. Reeves with the corner for Cholton. Sent towards Parker with the header! Oh. What a save again from Bishop! Diving to his left, just a palm it away, it looked like a certain goal. It's a great header from Parker, back across. Needed the excellent save that it, that it got. Got to keep his intensity. Now he uses McLaughlin on the overlap, he's going to look for the corner. Instead gets the ball across, Fossil heads it straight to Bormono. Bormono! Box, ball across into the um, into the substitute class, oh, and that's oh, a God. shot that 
scrapes the post Jesus. and away for a throw-in by the corner flag for Chelsea. Comes across here to Nabisar, different angle for the ball in perhaps. Nabisar still on the ball, chip ball into the corner of the six-yard box. Hagevich over the header, oh, just wide right at the post. So close. Oh, it's a great ball in from Nabisar. Yeah, Cannons off of McLaughlin, it's going to be out for a throw and that's time. And Southend reacting like they've won the FA Cup over there. And backs to the wall stuff since they had a man sent off. Charlton couldn't crack him after going behind in the 22nd minute of Stephen Humphreys. Yeah, disappoint, disappointing result in the end. But uh, Charlton give it their all in the second half. Just, just couldn't break, break South End down, defended well. I think we, you need to get that momentum going into either the playoffs or pushing for top two. I think obviously top two is going to be difficult now. Obviously, we're not picking up for three points in the last three games, and obviously the, the teams above us are all winning, so it's going to be difficult, but we've got to keep the faith and we'll, and we'll keep giving our all till the end of the season. There we go, Jason Pierce having the final word on the commentary highlights, um, admitting now that the top two is going to be very difficult. I mean, We knew it was going to be difficult anyway, but every time we drop points and no wins in the last three games, it's going to be, it's going to be looked at as what seven points dropped in the last three games, Tom. Yeah, it is. Um, and I put the question out there earlier about that and, and the majority of responses said that then think probably top two's out of our hands now, but playoffs is still very much achievable. And yes, it's frustrating, but you look at the, the results we have got and you look at the situation in terms of Lyle being banned and Carlin going, I, I don't think we're going to have it much tougher than that. And obviously for the rest of the season, we've got no grant, but, but I mean, and hopefully Taylor, I mean, Taylor may well get banned again with those yellow cards, but... By then, hopefully, Parker will will be a bit more up to speed. Um, so I think this is possibly as tough as it gets, really, because, yes, we've had injuries in other places as well, but you're able to cope with those because of the strength in depth that we've got, particularly in midfield. But up top, we, we just haven't got that, unfortunately. So it is frustrating and it is points dropped. But I think once Lyle comes back, and yes, it's a lot of weight on one man's shoulders, but he's so pivotal to everything that we do you would hope we'll start to pick up a few more uh, positive results soon. So we're seven points off Barnsley, who sit in second. Barnsley have one game in hand on us. Portsmouth also have a game in hand on us. They're uh, four points ahead of us. Uh, Sunderland have three games in hand on us and a two-point advantage in points over us. So we're going to have to overtake all three of those, all of whom have at least one game in hand. So I've... With uh, half of our lethal strike force gone as well, I mean, top two now is really looking like a, a big ask. You look down the table, Peterborough uh, have played the same amount of games as us. They're in seventh on 49 points, so six points behind us. Uh, Blackpool are nine points behind us, but have two games in hand. So they're the, the two we're going to look uh, be worried about in terms of catching us. So we're in a, a good position for the playoffs. And then, as Piercy said, they're obviously top two is looking very difficult now, but they're going to give it the rule. And even if we don't hit that top two, I mean, we, we're going to have to think about trying to get into the playoffs with some sort of form going. So these uh, drop points over the last few weeks, Terry, they're going to have to be addressed quite quickly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the only thing you'd, you'd, you'd sort of cling to is that uh, the, the other teams have got to go through both. Luton still haven't gone through theirs yet. Uh, you'd expect them to at some point, um, although I mean, they may not, of course. Um, and, and so we've got to play, I think, Portsmouth and Luton. Mm. Uh, that's it. I think, and Doncaster, I think, as well. So, um, you know, we take points off of them. I'm assuming the others have got to play each other as well. 
Mm. Uh, at some points in the season so they're not going to be able to win every game and you'll hear uh, Lee Bowyer's assessment of how many games he thinks we've got to win to get into the top two um, in a second and I tend to agree it's a tall order no question about it but mm. I think from, from our point of view I think almost now don't worry about which position we finish in whether it be first, second or down to sixth well, let's just if we finish 15th yeah, but, but no in terms of let's just make sure we go into every game with the mentality to win it and see where that takes us. Yeah, certainly. And uh, that's what we need to do. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't win it yesterday. Um, when came from behind, obviously, against 10 men. Um, do you think the draw, fair result overall, Tom? It's a tough one. I think possibly just because they had those couple of chances late on as well where they could have snatched something. Um, I thought we started a little bit slowly, a little bit shaky. Um, obviously, the goal was, it was a bit of a fluke in that it took the deflection. And then... When they went down to 10 men, we we dominated the ball, which you would expect, um, but we just couldn't seem to break them down. And I talked on Thursday's show about maybe putting Fosu up there alongside uh, Igor, and obviously he did start, but Marshall started as well. And I mean, Boya said it himself, everybody said it, the, the delivery from those two just wasn't enough. And mm. when you've got someone like Igor, even Josh, when he came on, managed to win a few headers, but the deliveries just didn't really help him. And when you're trying to break down a resolute side and they're only defending the width of the box and they've got plenty of bodies in there, you, your crossing has to be perfect, particularly when you've only got one or two Charlton bodies in there and it, and it just wasn't. So I think because we weren't at our best um, and because of the way Southend dug in and credit to them for doing that because they made it very difficult for us, I think a draw probably was fair. I mean, uh, coming back to the, the starting lineup, I mean, it was a real left field choice from Lee Bowyer to start Mark Marshall up front uh, alongside... Igor Vettikele, Terry. I mean, when, when I came in and I saw that team, I mean, no one saw that coming. I, <laughs> I, I sent a text to, to Tom, actually, saying, without telling him who it was, I said, can't guess who it is. Uh, and he had about four guesses yeah. and he didn't get, didn't, get he, he didn't get even close to it. I mean, that that came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. You can see Boya uh, talked about it after the game. He was trying something a little bit different and realised it wasn't working at half-time. Um, but I guess in, in the situation we were in, he has to try something. Although... Some people will be surprised that he didn't choose to play Josh Parker, who yeah, is a recognised striker. I'm guessing that the reason behind it is he was trying to match up as much as possible the, the Carl and Grant situation where uh, you've got raw pace that um, with Igor Vettikele that might be able to get behind the south end because they're, they're quite a tall outfit and uh, maybe they were worried or hoping that their turning circle wasn't quite uh, up to... Uh, up to speed, it didn't quite work out. And again, mainly, mainly, I mean, there was, especially in the first, but even before they went down to 10 men, um, I thought we were in, in, in largely in control. I mean, the goal came out of nowhere almost. Um, but the final ball, even when we were uh, 11 v 11, was just slightly overhit. You know, when we were hitting balls into the corner, um, Eagle Vettikali or, uh, or Mark Marshall just weren't getting them to them in time before they either went off for a goal kick or off for a throw in. So it wasn't working, even before then. So, and then when they went down to 10 men, they, they just, Two banks of four um, and uh, and squished up, and so we couldn't get beyond them anyway. So um, I can sort of understand the reasoning behind it. I'm not sure I agree with it necessarily, but I can understand it. Um, in the position we were in with Lyle Taylor not being there as well, he was having to make uh, some form of um, guesswork as to how it would uh, how how it would best suit us. Um, and he, I'd have to say it's probably he probably got it wrong. Um, mm. I'd have started with Parker. I think in the two cameos he's had, he's looked all right actually. Yeah, um, I, thought, I thought yesterday he, he impressed in particular. Um, the, the opening goal when it came, a uh, long-range strike from Stephen Humphreys that took a nasty deflection off Nabi Saar, um, left Dylan Phillips with absolutely no chance, that one. 
Yeah, and what's frustrating is when you look back at it, we just didn't close him down quick enough and you could see it happening at the time. Came from Reeves as well, giving the ball away. Yeah, so he gave the ball away high up the pitch and then he gets the ball and he's... It wasn't really going anywhere. If you show him down the side instead, then um, that probably would have led to nothing. But we gave him too much space and he just kept cutting in, shaping to shoot, cutting in, shaping to shoot. And he thought, if someone doesn't close him down, he's going to have a go. And that's exactly what happened. And yes, he was lucky with the deflection. And, and as you say, it was way out of... Uh, there was nothing Phillips could do to stop it. But we just gave him too much space around the edge of the box. And if you do that, you know, someone's going to have a go, like much like Nabby did a bit later on. But... Yeah, one of those things, um, obviously frustrating. Uh, and as I say, I think slightly against the run of play because although we'd started a little bit slowly, we'd then started to pick up the pace and we were spreading the ball around quite nicely. And I have to say, Reeves and Johnny Williams in particular were, were outstanding yesterday, I thought. Mm. Um, but then it was, as you say, that one that one error and then just not closing them down quickly enough. And before you know it, you're 1-0 down. Yeah, and I guess there's always a danger once you once you have fallen behind like that that you can get caught mm. out quickly. And actually, just before the red card, we have to talk about the bizarre incident where um, uh, Stephen Humphreys was through on goal again. I think it was a long ball over the top. And all of a sudden, he's looking over his shoulder trying to work out who's blowing a whistle. And I, I was looking at the referee trying to work out where this whistle was coming from. But the referee wasn't blowing his whistle. It came from the away end, which was bizarre. Like I, I didn't even hear it. Mm. Uh, so when, you, when you're looking on comms and you, you, I couldn't hear the whistle, it was almost like, have you ever seen that uh, horse racing uh, uh, footage where the... Uh, uh, the horse jumps an imaginary fence for no, for no reason whatsoever, just before the end. Uh, it looked a bit like that. He just he was running at full tilt, and then he stopped. So then I thought, oh, he must be injured. And then somebody, I think um, one of the other one of the other guys mentioned that uh, no, he, he thinks he heard a whistle for offside, or perhaps he thought he was offside and stopped anyway. It was just really weird, just really really bizarre behaviour. But it was literally thirty seconds after that. Uh, that, that Drew Yearwood uh, jumped into that challenge on Johnny Williams. Now, uh, watch, watching it back today, I mean, that is one of the reddest red cards you're ever <laughs> going to see. I mean, two feet off the floor. It wasn't that high, but it was reasonably high. Um, and there's, uh, I mean, the referee took uh, no time at all to make that decision because that was, uh, that was a nasty little challenge that was. And Johnny Williams has been on the receiving end of quite a few of those over the last few weeks. Oh, he's been kicked from pillar to post yesterday as well. And uh, uh, regardless of that, I mean, I, you heard on the commentary straight away, as soon as mm. he'd done it, I thought that should have been a red. Mm. I'd have been stunned had it not have been, but then I've been stunned before. So, <laughs> so I, wouldn't, say, have I wouldn't have been that wouldn't stunned. Have been, I suppose you shouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pauli came into the uh, the press conference after and said he had no complaints about that red card, although he did, he did say he felt that there was a couple of challenges on his players uh, from Charlton men that may have been... Interesting. I, mean, I, can't, I have to admit, I can't really remember. I rem- vaguely remember one that Christian Billick did that um, uh, was a tad late, but nothing in nothing in the realms of the, the um, uh, Yearwood's one. Mm. Not even close. So when you see a, a team go down to ten men here at the Valley, not the first time we've seen it uh, this season. Um, it's normally Charlton though. Um, but um, <laughs> you you expect to start to dominate proceedings, and, and we we did probably enjoy uh, possession mm. like we did, but it, it, chances were just not coming for us. Uh, in that first half, and then other really, then that that Nabi Saar long ranger uh, that sort of just whistled over the uh, the crossbar from uh, from distance. You know, other than that, until maybe just a minute before when when Perrington had the ball at the far post, and there's shouts for a handball, little, um, quiet shouts for a handball. But we we weren't really finding our way through. And I mean, we all remember when when Powley was the manager here, we would go to an away away ground where we weren't expected to get anything, and he, and we'd just set up and make it very mm. difficult. And that's what seemed to be happening yesterday. Yeah, and as I said at the start of the show, I think the opportunity to do that when you've got 10 men, it kind of allows him to do that without his own fans getting too frustrated about it and it plays into their hands. And 
I know Marshall didn't really do the job he was supposed to do anyway in terms of getting in behind their defence and running forwards as opposed to coming short and getting the ball. But when they're down to 10 men and they're sitting deeper and they're even narrower, it means that even if Marshall was doing it well, it's very hard to do. I mean, Carlin would have struggled yesterday. Lyle would have struggled yesterday because they were defending so narrow, they're defending so deep. The players you needed were the likes of Reeves and Williams to try and drive at that defence and play quick little passes and to an extent they did that and then we just couldn't get close enough and you're saying about Johnny Williams getting hacked about all over the place as well I said at half time just get him on the ball as much as possible because they were scared to get anywhere near him particularly in that second half because they just didn't want to lose another man and I thought as I said a bit earlier I thought him and Reeves were outstanding but they got to a point and we just looked a bit toothless. It's the same. I thought we looked like that at Peterborough, where obviously we did have Carlin, but we had no Lyle. thought we looked like it again last week from the highlights I've seen up at Fleetwood. It's just not quite clicking in that final third. And I know it sounds obvious, but we're missing Lyle Taylor and we're missing Carlin as well. And, you know, it's not rocket science that your two best strikers who scored almost 30 goals between them are out of the side and we're struggling to score. It, it kind of speaks for itself, really. And I think it really is as simple as that. Yeah, no surprises at half time. Uh, Lee Bowyer decided to bring on Josh Parker, went to three at the back. Uh, Chris Solly, the diminutive fullback in the middle of that back three, was quite a sight. But I've, I, I'm guessing he felt that uh, both Bilic and, and Saar can actually get forward quite well and, and offer a bit of a threat. So I'm guessing that's why I decided to leave Solly in the middle of that uh, back three. And, and we, we did start to... S- you know, turn the screw at the start of that second half, and we saw that that volley from Reeves that that was only just over, um, and it wasn't too long into that second period that we had the equaliser on the uh, on the hour mark, so 15 minutes after the break. Uh, Mark Marshall with the excellent cross, Ben uh, Reeves with the superb header, his third goal of the season. Yeah, and his movement in to get to the corner of that six yard box to uh, lose his man, get in front of his man, and then flick flicked header. Uh, I did one, my heart was in my mouth because I thought that ball was definitely coming back out again. Yeah. Not going in the, the way our luck was going. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, really, the one real uh, delivery of quality, and we sc- scored from it uh, after the hour. And uh, I think the next one was when um, Parker tested the keeper mm. a bit later on. But other than that, you'd have to admit with Lee Bayer that uh, the deliveries weren't as good as they should have been. Mm. And, and I was I was actually, um, it didn't, didn't come across on commentary, but I was actually saying quite early on, that uh, Foster was getting no change at all out of Buamona. Mm. Uh, mm. He's a good defender. And uh, he, every single time he tried to either get past him or cut back inside, he had him covered. I was I was sort of screaming from commentary, that just swap wings. Just yeah. change it over. Just just give somebody, give uh, Foster a run at uh, Hart on the other side and let uh, let Marshall have a go at Buamona. Uh, and just see, change it up, just to see if it'll work. Uh, yeah. But we didn't do it. Yeah, um, obviously after the goal, the, the tails were up at that point mm. and we did mm. have that that flurry of, of chances. I mean, excellent long, long-range effort from Billick, the, the keeper. Uh, I mean, it was a flying save, wasn't it? Diving to save, his left. Yeah. And then from the uh, from the resulting corner, uh, it looked for all the world like Josh Parker had his first Charlton goal there, but the keepers somehow clawed it out. And you're just thinking, now with our tails, like, you're thinking, right, we're going to put them under all sorts of pressure for this last 25 minutes or so. Yeah, and I, I said to Nathan and yourself at half-time that, I could see us scoring early in that second half and then struggling to get the winner. Um, and, and that's exactly how it proved. But you're right, we, we start to pile on that pressure and we start to create a few more chances, like you say, and actually test the keeper because for all that possession in the first half, we didn't do it a huge amount. Um, and it just felt like that other goal was coming. Um, and South End sat deeper and deeper and people around me just kept saying, we've got them on the ropes, they're on the ropes, they're on the ropes. And 
we just couldn't bat, bat them down and, and couldn't break through. And the longer that goes on, you think, right, we've got to be careful now because if they get one counter-attack, they might pick us off. And obviously that nearly happens as well. But again, that's what I've been saying just about the lack of a striker. I thought Parker, when he came on, did very well, won a couple of good headers back across the box. And obviously that chance, which it was a fantastic save from their keeper. So it wasn't like we had no chances, but we just we just couldn't break them down. And, and I think that was the, the main source of frustration when we all left yesterday. Mm, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think nine, nine corners we had throughout the game. I, I was thinking, I was expecting that to be more actually when I just went to check it, because mm. uh, we, I, I'm guessing that eight of those came in the second half because we just seemed to be uh, winning corners all the time. But other than those, those two chances we mentioned, really, we weren't creating clear cut ones after it. I mean, uh, Southend were stopping us from doing that, and our, uh, as Boya said, uh, our, our balls into the final into the final third weren't good enough to to find that chance. And it, I mean, it could have been worse because uh, sort of around the turn. Of the 90s South End had a couple of really decent chances uh, that one from class that went across the face of Gar I mean if that had gone in that would have been a real sucker punch no not half we wouldn't we'd be more miserable than we are now um, and the uh, there was a chance I think it was on commentary where uh, I'm pretty sure it was um, Humphreys cut back into the box when Chris Solly tried to um, usher it out for a goal kick mm. and didn't quite manage it and Humphreys nicked it off him and he went into the box and he just made the wrong decision mm. and, he, and I think if he'd have had a shot then We'd have had a better chance of scoring, and then we'd, as I say, we'd be all sitting here, even more depressed than we are now. Um, <clears throat> so we got, we rode our luck there, but to be honest, they should, we should have been outside long before then. Yeah, know? and we did have that that last chance of Hackett Fairchild, which Ooh. was a header. I mean, I haven't had a chance to see it back because some reason wasn't on the Valley Pass highlights, but it was a long ball in from from Nabi Sar, a, a measured ball, not just a hopeful yeah. punt. And uh, Rico is obviously, you know, had his, had his difficult first start up at Fleetwood last week. He played ten minutes. I mean, that was his. Uh, most uh, important involvement in the game and if, if that goes in I mean that could have been so important because mm. for starters it could have um, been like him being reborn as well and giving him all sorts of confidence but more importantly he would have given us three points out of a difficult game yeah and uh, I'm going to be a bit harsh but I think he should have probably done better despite his lack of experience um, Nabi Saar first of all on that ball in and just in general was, was unbelievable yesterday I mean he really played up to the crowd as well and mm. he just had an absolutely outstanding game both at uh, defensively and going forward but the ball in was decent and, and Rico's in a good position there and I don't know I, I get the feeling that if it was an under 23s game and he was in exactly the same position he'd probably back himself to score and I don't know if it's the the size of the ground or the crowd or I don't know but maybe just a lack of confidence but he didn't quite seem to believe in himself and just not quite put enough onto it and it was it was close uh, uh, just past the post but he just doesn't quite look ready for me yet. In a perfect world, uh, and if we were a side, a club that was in a better position generally, he'd have been out on loan now. Wouldn't exactly. he? he wouldn't be playing yeah. in the first team. He'd be no, getting no, experience somewhere I mean, else. There's uh, there's plenty of players who've been like that over the last few years. Mm. And I mean, we talked about Carlin enough times, but we know how he struggled when he first came into that team. And look, look what that loan spell mm. at Crawley did for him. Well, look at the respective size of those two players now as well, because Rico looks so slight, and Carlin's obviously really built himself up and, and looks like a a male, a man player as opposed to a, a child player. Mm. And Rico still looks like a kid playing men's football and he needs to to bulk up and he probably needs a spell down in a conference or League Two to try and build himself up to that level. And it's not as if we know he hasn't got the talent because yeah. we've seen, you know, he's had yeah. cameos um, where he come on and, and, and looks the business. Mm. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's there. It's just a question of uh, when you come up against uh, the likes of... Yeah, Michael Turner. Uh, Michael Turner, is, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's just a beast. Uh, and who was it up at Fleetwood last week? The guy they just signed who was like seven foot two or whatever oh, it was. Um, you know, it's it's a tough ask mm. for... Uh, for so, and I wouldn't necessarily call him a kid because I think he's older than Carl, is he? 
Now, so we were uh, talking about this at Fleetwood. We were saying, oh, it's funny because uh, Carlin is actually about two months older two than months, Rico, okay. according um, to... Sokolos, but when you look yeah. at them, you think Carlin's considerably mm. older, and that's because yeah. he's had more experience. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, in, it's incredible how much that can uh, uh, play a part. So, three games without a win now. At least we've got a goal because we had failed to score in our <laughs> yeah. previous two. Um I was I was sort of saying to uh, I was I was around uh, a few a friend's house last night with a few Charlton fans and we were talking about you know we we feel bad about the last two weeks but let's let's see now how we are with Lyle Taylor back in this side because that's going to be vital. Um, Parker yesterday showed some signs of maybe maybe he might be. I mean it's still very early days and we know what his previous goal record is but he looked to be linking up play quite nicely. Unlucky not to score one a few knockdowns. It'd be interesting mm. to see with him and Taylor back but you know. Just to ensure that we're in a position where we are still going into the playoffs with some sort of form. I mean, London at Giza, when we were uh, talking earlier about playoffs, did say we went into the playoffs last season as the form team, and it made absolutely yeah, no point. difference. Very so, uh, so yeah, easy to uh, uh, to get carried away. But now is the time. I think give it a week, and uh, we'll know a lot more about this team a week or two when we've had mm. a couple of games with Lyle Taylor back. I was going to say, I think two or three games. I think we it'll be interesting to see how Lyle copes without Carlin alongside him because we know the partnership that they've built up both on and off the pitch. Um, Parker, I think, looks looks very good, but I worry that we've had strikers that come in and look good and then struggle to score and then their form drops off. So I think he needs a goal fairly early on with us. And then his confidence will be high as well. I think there is the making of a partnership there. I thought Igor again looked a little step closer to, not to his best necessarily, but he's certainly on his way and he's improving as well. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom up there. Yes, of course, I'd rather have Carlin back up there, but reality is we haven't. But there are options up there. It's whether we can keep them all fit, whether we can keep them all not being banned. Um and whether they can hit the ground running, as I say, in in an adjustment, because uh, Carlin and Lyle have obviously had so much game time together up until this point. I think I'm going to disagree with you about Igor there, to be honest. I, I, I can't remember him doing much, really. I mean, he was up there, but I can't remember him having a chance on goal. Uh, I vaguely remember him fouling the keeper towards the end when there was a knockdown. I mean, mm. he, he needs to get his fitness and his sharpness back for certain, but... I mean, I think it's a huge ask for him to get anywhere near the levels he was four years ago. And I've seen nothing over the last two two games to suggest he will do. I tend to agree. I think um, we forget, I think, a little bit that everybody says, well, he's only had a few weeks out with a dislocated shoulder. But um, actually, in terms of not playing for Charlton, mm. uh, he hasn't actually played a first-team game for Charlton. How many, how many in total? This year, but two. This year, not, not many. <laughs> he started at Walsall when he got that dislocated shoulder, didn't yeah. he? But he, he hasn't started too many. He started at Luton so, as well. But. So I don't think he's had that many games uh, in the first team to, to hit the ground running, to, to be able to build up a head of steam. So um, I think it's a, a really tough ask. I'd really be tempted, uh, and this is going to come a bit from left field, to look at Mikhail Kennedy. You know, he's mm. been out on loan. He's, uh, he's, he's back off injury now. He's young. He's, he just has a knack of getting in the right place at the right time as well. And he's, he's a little bustly straight. He's, he'll cause problems. Uh, and as an option, I'm talking about, not as a not as a front-line pairing necessarily, but certainly as an option off the bench, I'd, I'd seriously consider it. But, I mean, um, mm. I'm not the one making the decisions, obviously. I think for me, what I saw in Igor yesterday was just his movement. I think he has still got that pace that can scare defenders. I agree, necessarily end product, there wasn't a lot yesterday, but I think a lot of that was down to the service. And I think... Had he had a couple of better balls into the box, I think he would have created something. I'm not saying he was magnificent yesterday by any stretch, but I just think there is little glimpses there in the way he moves and 
he just looks like he's getting his confidence back as well. And and like I said on Thursday's show, he needs a goal fairly quickly. Um, but if he can get a goal, I think that would do huge things for him. Having said that, of course, um, you, you, he was up. He was up alongside. Mark Marshall is not a striker, so um, put him up alongside Lalto for a couple of games, mm. see what happens. Yeah, because yeah. it could be a completely different uh, kettle of fish. We've got Blackpool and um, uh, AFC Wimbledon next two games, um, and really you've got to be looking at winning both mm. of those. Mm. And then we come into I think it's Doncaster and Portsmouth after that. Yeah. Um, so we need to go into those yeah. two games with something behind us. I think. So three out of the three out of the next four games are against teams in and around the promotion mm. race, of course, because Blackpool are up there. Obviously, Wimbledon are rock bottom, but I've got a horrible feeling about going to that place. Well, well that's uh, just because of where it is. Not, yeah, not, well, <laughs> yeah, plenty of reasons to have horrible <laughs> feelings about uh, uh, going to AFC Wimbledon. Right, um, we're going to hear from Lee Bowie in one second. Don't forget, you can have your say on this evening's show. We've got plenty of tweets and emails and message uh, board posts lined up already. I mean, uh, let us know what you made of Igor Vettikele. A little bit of disagreement in the studio, but that's what it's all about. It's all about opinions. So email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton Live Forum to have your say this evening. Right, Lee Bayer came to speak to Terry after yesterday's game. Um, as you can imagine, he was fairly frustrated that the Addicts were unable to come away with more than uh, more than just a point against Southend. Yeah. Um, it was obviously better than them, but Keeper made a few good saves and that final ball and the final third not good enough most of the time eight, nine times out of ten poor balls can't keep doing that can't keep getting the ball wide because we was never going to play through them so we had to we had to work it wide so I changed it half time put the two wingers out wide Marsh as a wing back and Tariq as a wing back and and hope that they would obviously make something happen, you know. And I've played for a while when the I thought, well, they've got their chance now to go and grab it. But no, front third, not good enough. Well, I suppose it says that uh, the one really good delivery into the box is the one we, uh, we got the equaliser from. Uh, and uh, you'd yeah. say that that probably just didn't happen often enough. No, not enough. No, you can't put... 20 balls into the box and one good one it's not it's, it's not realistic so I just said to him like it's not the way it is you know that, that you have to you have to grab chances when you get them you grab them but it just frustrates me so much because like we're so we're so close you know and then that's two points dropped last week not good enough last week. It's just just drives me crazy. Take too many touches, like don't understand it. But we're so good when we play one and two touch. So why are you now taking five and six touches? It just drives me crazy. It's not like we do it in training all week. All week we train one and two touch. The odd time we might let them have like an all in session, but very rarely. Maybe once in a whole morning. I don't understand why then you turn up on a Saturday and you want to take five and six touches. It doesn't make sense. And, and that's how you beat teams. That's how you break teams down, move the ball quickly. And um, for some reason, we want to take too many touches today. In some ways, did the, the sending off uh, compound that? Because obviously Southend then sat deep uh, and invited us on a bit. And so that uh, it doesn't 
have you don't get the space for those for those that quick touch football. Yeah, it definitely made a difference because they, they obviously went four four one and then it just solid, difficult to break down. But yeah, it's no excuses. It's, it's our fault. We should have won the game. We had the chances to win it as well. Their keep off was very good. Um, and, and to be fair, we had a chance at the end. They could have nicked it. Can you imagine? Wow. <laughs> I think we'd have had a, probably different conversations <laughs> yeah. if that, that had been the case. Yeah. Um, almost uh, a perfect uh, Valley debut for Josh Parker, but not quite. Um, and again, a, a, you know, another decent cameo when he came on. Yeah, I thought he again he was better this week. Um, made an impact, which we want from your subs. So um, yeah, as a striker, you just want him to be between the goal, between the goalposts, and, and, and he'd done that and. Especially when you was putting the amount of balls that we was putting in, so um, yeah, I'm, I was happy with his performance today. So obviously you're going to see this as a missed opportunity um, to to grab three points, and uh, we're at home again next week. Uh, you've got Lyle Taylor back from suspension. Unfortunately, we've lost Christian Bullock today for for, for two games. Mm. Uh, not quite as big a selection headache because obviously Patrick Bauer's back, but yeah, uh, you must be um, at least looking forward to Lyle coming back in and, and give us an, another option up top. Yeah, yeah, Lowell, um, I've missed him, it's so obvious to see. Um, but yeah, um, we'll go back training Monday and work hard and uh, and get it right, because um, there's no way we can fall off it now. We've, we've worked too hard to, to get where we are, to, um, to drop. Well, we're in fifth place, um, a decent gap between us and seventh, but... Uh, you've said this often enough. You're looking uh, in a different direction. You're, you you mm. still want to grab that top two. Do you still think it's uh, it's a realistic target? Yeah, I do because I I know what we're capable of. We we just need to go on a run, and I thought it was going to start today. Um, and that's why I'm frustrated. I'm so frustrated because we had an opportunity to to get three points and and start the run today. But now this is. One that's gone, you have to count as a draw, and we have to win minimum of eleven. I've told the players that earlier on in the week. We have to win minimum of eleven out of the next what, fifteen. It was so nothing's changed. Nothing's changed there. We're still, and are we capable of doing it? I believe we are. So, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, but we'll definitely be giving it a go. And you've got bodies coming back. Uh, Joe Rebo not quite making it with this week, but hopefully next. You've got uh, we, we are Jason Pierce up in the commentary box with us. He's hoping uh, start training uh, soon, and then he'll be up for selection as well. Yeah. Um, so that in itself, hopefully, will um, uh, help us gear up for this running. Yeah, you just need all the bodies you can, especially when you play your Saturday, Tuesday games. So um, if you can freshen things up, then then it's better, and that's what works really around the Christmas time. We, we just didn't have them bodies but now yeah, like you said they're all coming back and yeah, they'll make us stronger you mentioned midweek uh, there's there's also a possibility of, of, of trying to get a free agent in is that something you're still going to look for or are uh, you just um, going to settle with what you've got no so we've obviously we've been trying we've, we're looking at all the free agents in for the January transfer window but they um, there's just not many around um, not just going to come and make us any better so, it's not, like I said, there's no point in just bringing someone in just for the sake of it, 
just to have another body around if he's not going to actually be involved or play. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's not many out there. We're speaking to one at the moment, but again, I don't know whether he'll want to come here or go somewhere else. I don't know, but there, there is not much out there. One issue uh, with Christian Billick fell foul of today. Um, obviously, Lyle Taylor's coming back uh, next weekend and he's only two away from uh, from the 10. Uh, is it possible you can ask him to change or does that lose something from his game if you do? No. I've spoke, I spoke to Lyle yesterday about that uh, situation. Um, he's only got like five games. Like It's not hard. Five games, two bookings. Like I think that'll be fine. Christian is a bit more difficult with Christian because obviously he's he's all or nothing, can he? He's he's just one of them players, and he overruns it at times, like today, stupid booking. But he's liable of doing that, and you can't stop that. Mm-hmm. But you can stop a striker like making a stupid tackle because normally strikers are just stupid tackles trying to maybe block a, a clearance or something, you know. So yeah, that will be fine. Uh, the one um, sending off we had today, uh, I don't think anybody could question it necessarily, uh, but you must have been mightily relieved that there was no worse damage to Johnny Williams than, than there was. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I ain't, I ain't seen it back. Don't know how bad the tackle was. Um, it looked quite high. Um, but Johnny's been getting kicked to pieces since he's been. So, obviously, when you're a good player, you, you must be used to it because when you're a good player, you, you get kicked. That, that's. That's just what happens. It's the only way they can stop you. So hopefully the refs just keep protecting him because we wouldn't want anything bad to happen to him. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Williams exchange passes. Williams drifts past his man, born in the box. It's an awkward one. Taylor controls. Taylor trying to pass it back to Prattley. Prattley! What a strike from the Charlton midfielder on the edge of the box. Touchdown by Lyle Taylor. And Darren Prattley unleashes a hell of a strike. Pass Arnold down to his left. Could do nothing about that one. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. It was the mascots in the uh, studio yesterday. Uh, they were loving it, Tell. Well, it took them a while to get screaming, but they got there in the end. Yeah, they were more, more excited to be in the studio than I ever have been. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they seem to be uh, loving it. Lebo, you're there, um, chatting away. Uh, about yesterday's game draw with Southend United. I mean, the frustration in his voice. I mean, they, they played um, the BBC interview with him on, on Radio London. Uh, and, and when it came out of it, Phil Parry asked Steve Brown if he thought Lee Bay was all, all right because he was uh, he was not a happy bunny. Well, Lee's never... I, I've never come across uh, Lee Bay so far as being what you'd call delirious <laughs> at any point. Uh, but yesterday, yeah, yesterday he was down. Mm. Uh, and, I, and probably... Uh, he wasn't that great up at Fleetwood either when you think about it. So um, I think uh, the f- the fact that he couldn't get um, a striker in, uh, Grant leaving, and he couldn't get uh, adequate replacement, I think that's probably hit him hard. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know the situation that we're in as a club with the owner uh, and the lack of replacement for a striker, as Terry's just mentioned there, Tom. I mean, do, do you think... I mean, Lee Bowie has always been the eternal optimist, hasn't he? But, I mean, you it is probably hard to say if he sounds really down now compared to the rest of the season because he always sounds like that. Yeah. But, but do you think that is affecting him? I do, yeah. And um, there's a couple of people uh, said to me on Twitter today that they think he, he's just a bit fed up with, with how things are. And I wouldn't blame him because not everything lies at the owner's door in terms of the, the issues we had with getting that striker over the, in the last minute in terms of those clubs not managing to bring people in. But the fact we left it to the last minute in the first place, certainly he has to shoulder some of the blame there and, and the lack of investment um, as well. So, yeah, I I just get the feeling that he, he knows how close we are. And I think if we'd have brought a striker in, we wouldn't even be, we'd still be talking about the fact that top two's a, a very legitimate possibility as opposed to a bit of an outside chance. And um, it... Uh, Roland's always said that if we were up there and we were in a position to to perhaps go up, then he would look to to invest, and and he hasn't done that. And for me, he's shooting himself in the foot because if we don't go up, then the club's not going to be worth what he wants anyway. So I don't. We've said plenty of times since Carlin's gone, we don't quite understand the logic in that short term two million or whatever it was um, over getting us promoted and keeping him. But yeah, he does. He does sound frustrated and. As fans, I think we all are as well because we know how close we are. And losing Carlin was perhaps out of our control, mm. but you could still get someone in and, and try and sort that out. And he and he hasn't done that. I think trying to use logic in anything to do with uh, with our current ownership is, yeah. is a futile exercise in the extreme. <laughs> um, I think I think what it boils down to is, is shillings and pence. And you, um, he's obviously uh, we've obviously worked into a budget mm. now until Carlin actually walks out the door, and we then re- are able to release certain funds that uh, his salary for example and therefore also I'm guessing uh, Billy Clark's salary until they actually physically leave the premises you can't then release that money to get somebody else in so we've got to wait until they go Mm. I'm assuming because the budget constraints are that tight so until you release those funds you can't bring anybody in so it almost had to be at the last minute had Carl and Grant gone at the beginning of the transfer window bizarrely we might have had a better chance because you have extra time to then bring Mm. somebody in Mm, yeah, interesting how these things work out. He mentioned himself as well, so, so he set a target. Now, I think he did it last season uh, when he came in yeah. with 10 games left to go of how many of those games we needed to win to get into the playoffs. Now, he set uh, the target with 14 games left in the league to win 11 of them to get into that top two. So, I mean, that is, that is a big ask. I mean, uh, you can only not win three of your games. And, that I mean, that is a lot of pressure on the players. But if we are going to get that miraculous top two place now, then at least they know what, what's ahead of them. Well, it'd be interesting to know um, what people think of uh, what three games 
uh, can we get away with not winning? Mm-hmm. Now you can you can add the Portsmouth one to that straight away because it's on Sky, so yeah. you can discount that one. Uh, we've got Luton at home, uh, Doncaster away. I think um, you mentioned that Tom mm. as a possibility, possible banana skin. Uh, looking at the rest of them, actually, when you look at the fixtures and you look at who they're against, you think actually, you know, on our Plenty day, there. they're all winnable, mm. and the ones that are tough are the Portsmouth. The Luton and possibly Doncaster away, the ones that are up there with us, I guess. Yeah. But bizarrely, we've actually probably played better against the top mm. six than we have against the others. Mm. Right. Well, let's uh, let's see how it goes for the rest of the season. Right. We've got plenty of tweets that came in to, to tonight's Charlton Live. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. London in it. Geezer, the first person to get involved yesterday, uh, said, I see Boya coming in for some stick after the last two results. Uh, it's nonsense. He's beyond criticism in my book. The fickleness of Charlton fans is unreal. I have to admit, I haven't seen too much of that, but if, if it's out there, yeah, I think it would be quite harsh considering the circumstances. I mean, for sure, people can look at in individual decisions, for example, Marshall up top, but I mean, Boya himself admitted it didn't work. And uh, that, that's one of the things I do like about Boya is he's, A, he's not afraid to try something a bit different, but B, he's not afraid to admit when it's gone wrong and change it as soon as possible. It's just people swiping out at anything and anyone, isn't it, really? Mm. when uh, We're all disappointed and some people show it in different ways and that's having a go at the nearest person you can and, and Boya's gonna, uh, Boya's at the forefront of that, I guess. I don't get it either, personally. I think um, mm. uh, it's a small miracle we are where we are. Mm. Yeah, Lee Edmonds agrees with London. He said, make you right. He's worked miracles. 100% Charlton said it was very, very frustrating. I fear if we don't win Saturday, we might go on a bad run of results. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, you could see Bose was not happy yesterday. We seemed to play around with the ball instead of crossing it in the box. And some of the crossing that actually did go in was so poor, apart from Reeves's goal, of course. Fossey was poor. I don't know how he stayed on to be honest Taylor being back Saturday is a blessing let's let so let's hope we can go on a good run of results because we are going to need it I mean we haven't really mentioned too much of course about what Boya had to say about uh, Fosu and Marshall I mean it's, mm. it's I used the phrase on Twitter singled them both out but you can't single two people out so I was desperately <laughs> trying to think of a better phrase than that but doubled them out yeah he doubled them out um, <laughs> after the game which I mean it's not unheard of I mean Boya had something to say about Christian Billick after Rochdale mm. away it's not the first time he's mentioned a player by name uh, and not been happy with their performance and with Christian it worked really well because the next week he was man of the match um, but it is still it, it does still make the headlines when, when players are named by a manager as, as being two of the ones who really let him down it's a risk it is a risk um, I don't know how much more we're going to see Mark Marshall to be honest the rest of this season um, and I'm gutted for him really because I really wanted it to work out but I think if we're being honest it, it just hasn't and Boya said it himself, he asked him to do a job and he just didn't seem to do it and I don't know if that's confidence or, or what but it, it just didn't work and Fosu on the other side, we talked a lot about him on Thursday and about the fact that he's been nowhere near last season's Tariq Fosu yet but he's still got that quality in him and you could see him, like Tell says, he struggled really against that, that fullback all game but the couple of times he did get round him, he'd then try and do something else extra like try and take another player on or cut back and you're like no you've done your bit you've got past your man whip that ball in because there were players like uh, Reeves and, and Williams making bursts into the box along with Igor up there so it wasn't like he didn't have people to aim for and I think Bowyer's right he's got to call them out and and got to ask for a response and if those players can't do it well like I said earlier midfield is actually one of the places where we've got some options so you throw a Lapsley or a Morgan in there who I can't think of many times that either of those two have let us down this season and 
you know, Aribo coming back to fitness as well. Yes, they're not wide players necessarily, but you go back to that narrow diamond and, and maybe those players can get, get a tune out of them. Do you think that uh, Joe Aribo is on this season what uh, Tariq Fossu was for us last season? Mm. Uh, get Joe Aribo back. Uh, and playing well, I think it could and be you've huge. got that somebody who can unlock unlock yeah. defenses, unlock uh, mm. un, you know out of the ordinary stuff, out of the ordinary mm. stuff that uh, people aren't expecting. And Joe Rebo's got that in his locker, and I'm I'm just hoping that when he comes mm. back in, he offers that something just that little bit different. Coming back to Bayou's comments about the, the two wingers as well, um, it, it, it depends a lot about the character of the player, doesn't it, as mm. to how they react to that? Because um, knowing Mark Marshall as you know just through interviewing and stuff, he seems like the person who will still prove to to try and still knows he wants to try and prove himself after that and he'll want to prove Bayou wrong I, I don't know Fosu that well but I don't know how he'd react to something like that because I, he he knows he hasn't been at his best all season but last season he was he was the number one boy mm. wasn't he he was, he was the best player we had at times last season so for, for him to have uh, such a stark telling off in the public like that it'd be interesting mm. to see how he reacts to it I suppose in their defence if, if there is such a thing and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here is that uh, they would say well hold on uh, you, you've told us to uh, Get into positions uh, and put the ball in the box and uh, you know make stri- chances for our strikers. But every time we looked up, there was nobody there uh, because both of our strikers one's one's in Huddersfield and the other one's mm. um, uh, suspended. So I mean, if you one hell of a delivery to pick out Carlton, <laughs> there Grandies. you go. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, there there is a, a some form of defence, I guess, in terms of the fact that we didn't have our uh, certainly we've got to say Lyle Taylor now as our mm. premium striker mm. he, he wasn't there so uh, Igor Vettikaili I think there was one delivery in the box he just he just wasn't there mm. um, and the other one I think skimmed off his forehead when uh, when the cross came in so um, are we being overly harsh I mean I tend to agree I, I think uh, their delivery was poor mm. as, as I said earlier I was screaming from the swap sides because it clearly wasn't well, there, there was one cross from Fosu in the first half that actually did yeah. find Lyle Taylor yeah. but unfortunately he was sat in the stands <laughs> with the rest of us yeah. I saw um, oh that shot was amazing wasn't it Marshall posted something already today uh, I think on Instagram about nobody said this would be easy or something like that and like you said there we know his attitude he is going to try and work and, and improve and He's not been called out before, but he's come in for criticism. Do you think times if there before, was ever? I think probably uh, more so than I've ever remembered. Um, I think Carl Lieberman was probably the last one where the fans generally, not not to a man, but generally, are so willing yeah. to do well. Yeah. Because he is such a lovely bloke. By the mm. way, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Mm. Uh, I'm so desperate for him to succeed. Mm. It's unreal. And, uh, and I don't know if that's putting more pressure on him or not. <laughs> I don't know. But um, so I really want him to do well. Who was that game he scored the goal against not that long against ago? Against Wimbledon here at the yeah, day, yeah, and I was buzzing for him because the bloke in front of me was giving him so much stick when he came on as a sub and he made a b- poor cross. And then he scored that goal and I was so happy. And I think the fans were and he came in and talked after the game about it. And every time he does do that little bit which he has done two or three times you just want him to kick on and like we've said his mentality is right he's, he, everything seems to be right his work ethic's right he just it's just not clicked unfortunately and it, it is frustrating in his defence he's not a striker is he? no, no. I mean yeah I mean I have to admit like I, mean, I, I was roundly laughing when I saw that team selection <laughs> yesterday which I don't normally do but it was uh, it, it did come out I knew, left I knew something was up because um, and people won't know this but when I come in when you come into the media room here uh, we've got Scoop uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter Burrows who's, uh, who sits at the desk uh, dealing with the visiting uh, uh, media folk well um, you know and he loves to tell 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 the uh, people that come in what he thinks the team's going to be 
Well, he almost met me at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he was that desperate to tell me what was happening because I think it, it even stunned him and he's seen a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's seen a lot, Peter Burrows. Right, Cliff Scales said, uh, for the red card made it more difficult for us. Uh, they just got everybody behind the ball. We didn't do enough to break them down. Our delivery was poor. Uh, Fossu was very disappointing. Taylor has been a big miss for us. So glad that he's back next week. Now, 100% Charlton uh, pointing out only three players in our starting 11 yesterday have contracts that go into next season. The others are either loans or players out of contract. He says uh, Philip Saar and Solly are the ones. Saar must have been on like a bloody million-year contract. He's <laughs> still yeah, here next year. But he, I think the five-year deal he must have been on. But um, yeah, I mean, we've mentioned that on the show a few times now. There's... I'm calling it a ticking time bomb here. It's just waiting to go off at the end of the season. There's just going to be no one here. We're in training, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I mean that's just going to end in absolute tears. Yeah, especially uh, right. for me. Yeah, Tom Bramley. Uh, poor first half and a slightly improved second half. I was surprised that Billick looked so uncomfortable at centre back as he's played well there before. Saar was definitely man of the match. Another outstanding performance from him. Thankfully, Taylor. Bauer and hopefully Aribo uh, will be back next week. I mean, did did, did you feel Billick was uncomfortable? I, I, I thought he had a couple of shaky moments, but generally I didn't think he was that bad. Uh, and, and when you consider they only had two shots on target uh, in the entire game, they had 12 in total and only two of them uh, troubled uh, Dylan Phillips and one of them um, took a deflection to go in. Mm. I don't think uh, we were that troubled. I mean, obviously they went down to 10 men, so it was always going to be a bit like that. It's, it's uh, great news, actually, that Dylan got his uh, contract extension yes. sorted on Friday uh, afternoon. We spoke to him after the game about that, so we'll, we'll hear that on Thursday's show. Um, you know, because when, when he was he came in to speak to us on New Year's Day after he he played his first game for a while against Walsall, and he sounded so down that we all in here thought there was a good chance he wasn't going to sign his contract. But he's actually been given his chance now, and he's kept his place. Uh, he's he's played well, made a made, made a few good saves over the last few weeks, and uh, I'm so pleased that he's put pen to paper because I think he's such a good goalkeeper. I agree completely, and he's one of ours. He started yeah. started when he was a kid here, so uh, I know you shouldn't be that romantic about stuff. It should be you should be more realistic, but the very fact that he's he's one of our own uh, makes it more important for I think for especially at the moment for us to keep him and so I'm absolutely thrilled that he mm. signed a contract and going back to that Christian Billick one I just like to just say and, and I I would tend to agree that the back uh, you know the middle back two weren't as comfortable necessarily but and I think if you remember when Christian Billick was playing in, as, as a centre half and everybody thought oh he's brilliant he's he's great cover mm. then he went into his you know what you'd expect him to be his normal role as defensive midfield and he had a mare. Mm. first game because it, it must take a little bit of time to get used to That's in I'm, his I much prefer him yeah ironically I much prefer him as a, as a centre back to a defensive midfielder anyway right Martin uh, tweets in saying weren't we all frustrated uh, Fossey was utterly useless yet Boya drags Reeves uh, so maybe mm. asking a, a strange one. I think, I think yeah, I think everybody found yeah. that strange. <laughs> I can't, mm. I, I can't, uh, can't defend the indefensible I'd, unless Reeves was blowing, you know, blowing or carrying a knock. I, I didn't get it. Yeah, uh, smile like you mean it. Paul Edwards, our favourite photographer here on Charlton Live after last week's email fiasco, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> saying that, uh, that the man in the match was the fellow who won the crossbar challenge at half time. I always love a good crossbar that challenge. Was brilliant. Uh, I love it. Me or did it just not look not look likely when it left his foot? <laughs> no, I agree with that. It's almost like that an unforeseen. Uh, an yeah. unseen force it's, yeah, lifted I, it onto the I bar. love the photo that Paul took as well of Darren Prattley hugging him <laughs> they were they loving did, it they they yeah. Yeah, yeah, I reckon they were on a commission <laughs> yeah. uh, right uh, Michael Peck says I've got to say I felt so confident two weeks ago then all of a sudden I feel the wheels have well and truly fallen off I love this club but that sale was such a bad move in the position uh, we were in and not to get a like for like replacement in for Carlin Grant is so wrong I hope it's Roland's parking gift at least yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you go back to that Peterborough game when he was still here 
um, and we missed that penalty and you've got there's so much positivity going into that game because you've got about a million Charlton fans there and the atmosphere was amazing and you think right there's no way we can lose this game and then suddenly we we miss a penalty we draw nil nil um, Carlin goes then we go up to Fleetwood off the back of him leaving and, and lose one nil in a, in a pretty poor performance and it's very easy in that that space of two weeks now when you then factor in the South End result to get very down but you go back to the start of January and look at that whole period of time up to now and actually our, our record is still decent and Fleetwood is the only defeat in that um, yes the, the draws we would want wins but there's still points on the board um, we've got Lyle coming back as I said earlier we've got Joe Aribo coming back so- shortly as well um, and you look at it like that we get a win at the weekend and suddenly it'll all look very different but I suppose it depends on your mentality as a fan I tend to be fairly positive and try and see the good in the performances and uh, and the the positivity but um yeah it, I, if you just look at those last three results it's very easy to see that and think right we we could go on a run and I think someone said it earlier if if we lose at the weekend you could see things starting to drop but I'm of the mindset personally that we'll go to the weekend we'll get a result a positive result and we'll start to turn it around and start to pick up good results again going forward yeah, fingers crossed, right, Cliff Scales. I totally agree that Fossey was very poor and not the same player as last season. How he got 90 minutes, I don't know. Marshall was marginally better, but final ball's just not good enough. He's not half the player he was at Bradford. Steve Catley, Fossey has had a crap final ball since he joined, unless his final ball is a shot on target. I mean, can you remember too much about his crossing or his assists last, last season? I mean, he had a good assist for uh, Ben Reeves against Gillingham and then scored that screamer uh, just for Chris didn't he Fossey but yeah I don't know does, does, does he tend to create chances for other people as much as, as we'd hope that's a good question I'd have to I'd have to look back it's not mm. something I'd instantly remember I'd have to be he's, honest he's, he's, I remember last season he was a very direct player like he, he'd pick up the ball and go for goal and run at goal so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what his uh, assist stats were like from last season if anyone uh, had that right Martin second half thought we were superb we did everything but score but for two saves from their keeper we would have won comfortably however Bowyer's mistake was not having faith in Parker uh, though he changed the game with his physicality and had he started with Igor, we would have won that game. We've got to give special mention as well to Nabi Saar. He was magnificent yesterday. And I'm telling you, if he did scored the winner, mm. the roof of the covered end would have come off. I mean, yeah, the first bit, obviously, um, with Nabi. Um, yeah, Especially if it had been that shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, he, if that one had gone into the top corner, that would have been Unbelievable. absolutely spectacular. Um, you know, we, we said a few weeks ago at the start of this run with Piercy out, um, he's got to take his chance and he's grasped it with both hands. I'm ple- again, I'm pleased for him, really, because uh, he had a t- tough uh, baptism at the club. And, you know, people will say about his length of contract and whatever he, wages he may or may not be on. That's not his fault. Um, he can only uh, he can only do what he can on the pitch. And I think uh, he suffered with confidence at the beginning, clearly. He seems to be settling in lovely now, and uh, is everybody's darling now, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre how, how how things change for a player. Um, I mean, do you, with the Parker thing, do you think he should have had faith in him? I mean, yeah. you come in and you see a winger being chosen ahead of a striker, and I mean, Bayer explained his reasons in terms of uh, yeah, what he wanted from uh, from Marshall with his pace and getting him behind. But when when you see a winger being chosen ahead of a striker, it it sends a message to me. Mm. I mean, even if even if Parker hasn't been here that long, I mean, he's played enough games this season to be pretty much up to speed you'd think yeah but I think Parker sent his own message with his performance when he came on um, and I think I said on Thursday I would have gone with with Fosu and Igor in a top two 
Um, I think off the back of Fosu's performance yesterday, may, maybe that would have, wouldn't have worked out either. Mm-hmm. But I think that look, Parker can all he can do at the moment when he does come on is is try and change the game. And okay, he didn't. We didn't score as a direct result of him, but um, I thought he was he was very good yesterday. Got himself in some good positions and considering the scraps he was working off in terms of the balls in how many times did he head that ball back across the box and not just to nobody either there was always a Charlton player there as well obviously forced a a good save out of the South End keeper as well I thought he looked lively and dangerous and I think he's certainly given Bowyer a decision to make next week about whether he plays him or Igor alongside Lyle but um, yeah as I say if he comes off the bench all he can do really is is try and perform well and he certainly did that yesterday. Mm. Right, uh, David Nichols said, automatics always looked unlikely, but it's definitely gone now. Got to regroup and go again. It is what it is. Uh, Lyle being back will be a huge boost and we've a better team and squad than last year. So we have a greater chance of success in the playoffs. Now I put on Twitter asking uh, what what, what the, the addicts could have done yesterday better uh the artful said stayed in the dressing room maybe uh but then said man of the match was nabby sire says he's an animal and will be our next legend right matt says we didn't do enough to score apart from a parker header and the billick long shot we didn't threaten much at all fosu and igor had shockers right soapy fingers getting involved fosu was poor held the ball too long and seemed to not know who to pass to having marshall and igor up front was not going to work neither of them are matt sharp and marshall's pace is always going to leave Igor uh, far behind him uh, if they were on form. Not much Boya can do. The whole team has lost confidence with the lack of informed strikers in front of them. Interesting uh, stuff there from Soapy Finger. Right, George saying Bauer, Taylor and Aribo all back next week for the game against Blackpool. Let's try and focus on the positives despite a few disappointing results. And we, we did say earlier in the show... How will you settle down now with a couple of those big names coming back in the next week, including, of course, Lyle Taylor? Um, yeah, we, we're, talk, we're talking about his suspension situation. I mean, Bo, you mentioned it there. There is actually an amnesty in five games' time. So Which is a lot sooner than I thought, actually. Yeah, if, so if he doesn't get the, those two yellow cards by then, then he might not be quite the the, the time bomb again that, that, he, that he could be. Although, again, with, with Lyle Taylor, I mean, he, he does have quite a strong booking record. So, uh, so yeah, was, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't back against it, would you? No. <laughs> right, Mark Skipper. Uh, hi, Louis. Uh, Williams and Saar stood out for me yesterday. Marshall didn't have a good day. Parker uh, looked not too bad at all when he came on. Pains me to say it, though. I do not see us going up through the playoffs uh, as stands and automatic Looks gone now. Uh, right, Spenny, uh, totally dominated the second half, but created very little. Hopefully the Taylor-Parker partnership works as Igor didn't do anything yesterday. Sardo was the man of the match. Good evening to Vital Charlton. Can't wait for the Blackpool game. If we can keep up the pressure like we did in the second half, then we can definitely grab a few goals with Taylor up front. And that's why, you know, for all the disappointment of that, of not finding that second goal in that second period. And we do have to remember, we, we still were the dominant force and teams will come to the Valley where we've won 10 out of 16. And except the fact that they're not going to have a lot of the ball at times and therefore we are going to be able to put them under a lot of pressure. Yeah, and I think, um, as I said earlier, let's, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, the Taylor-Parker partnership will be the one. Um, I tend to think it'd be more Taylor and Vettikele because um, uh, I think... Um, Parker style and, and Lyle Taylor style may be too similar. But um, I, mean, I hope I'm wrong, by the way. I hope either one would work. But uh, I tend to think that he'll go with Igor mm. at first uh, because of his uh, his speed. 
Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll see over the next few weeks, I guess. Ollie uh, says, do you still think we will get promoted? And I think Josh Parker done well. We need to give him a chance as he was an aerial threat. Uh, I mean, so if, if I was to put you on the spot now, Terry and Tom, do, do you think we'll get promoted this season? I think we're good enough. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to ask me uh, whether it's an absolute certainty, then no, of course, because there are too many... Um, uh, I don't know what's the word. There are too, too many things that can and, and probably will go wrong between yeah. now and the end. So... Uh, too many unfathomable uh, possibilities, but if you uh, if you look at the rest of the size in the division, then yes, we're certainly as good as, if not better than, uh, at least twenty three of uh, twenty two of them. Yeah, Tom, your feelings? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, oh, excellent. Oh, that's good. Might as well call the rest of the season off. <laughs> right, uh, Sebo saying, uh, I think there are sides above us who have got that edge for the top two, so it might be a bit of a tough one on that front at the minute. But I think we will have another good run in time to secure a playoff place. Right, Charlton Exile. Well, that was disappointing and very frustrating. Lots of effort, just not enough quality. Uh, and the South End time wasting. Ah, oh, Josh Parker. I thought that promising promotion still up for the playoffs. For me, Bob Liskam, evening guys. Top two, no chance, but every chance of a playoff spot if we can keep everyone fit. Regards, yesterday, I can't disagree with Bowyer's assessment of Fosu and Marshall. So frustrating from the both of them. Sarah, I could, uh, I'm not confident of the top two, but I believe we can still make the playoffs. I mean, in the words of the Charlton Live crew, no disrespect to Josh McGuinness, uh, <laughs> but we managed it last season with him as our striker. So I am staying positive. Brad, uh, as well on the same question, I believe we will go up this year, but I'm worried about next year i can't understand how the club have so many contracts running out uh, i can give you a clue how that's happened <laughs> uh, we are what are we going to do playing with seven men each week and without a manager we're in trouble we'll come straight back down yeah i mean that's another thing that doesn't bear thinking about we yeah, could, let's, uh, let's cross that bridge yeah, one, can't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah right um uh, undisclosed VFC reckon we were poor like the look of josh taylor though uh, referencing a little slip up in the press day on uh, on thursday where uh, Tony Hudd called Josh Parker Josh Taylor which was quite funny right Nathan's getting involved uh, even though he is officially banned from the show but he's tweeted in saying um, was his language alright well yeah. I'm just are we allowed through. to read this out yeah right two points in the last three effing games he says <laughs> uh, scoring once without Taylor uh, it means we would have to win 11 out of 14 games two of which could be without Taylor that's a win rate of 78% until the end of the season the current win rate it's just 50%. So, I mean, it is some ask that we're... Uh, He's been working too hard on that. Yeah, yes. we're after there. Sebo says it sounds right that we're going to have to win that amount of games. Uh, yeah, probably does. Right, um, Cliff Scales, come on, let's be positive. We can do it. Yeah, positive thoughts. All, uh, hopefully that's all we need. But, yeah, that's all we've got at the moment. Um, uh, TFT says, no, with another decent, decent striker, maybe uh, an outside uh, shot of the top two. But Roland Duchatelet has scuppered the automatics. Right, 100% Charlton says, from the BBC website, Fosu, uh, 1,283 minutes played and just three assists. So I'm guessing oh, really? that's this season. Uh, and, yeah, that's pro- probably not enough, really, is it? Well, he hasn't played a lot. Um, well, he's played 1,283 yeah, I mean, minutes. Yeah, I'm not sure that's that seems a lot compared to. Let me get my uh, I'll get my stats website up yeah, okay. during the Jason I mean... Pierce thing in a second. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it seems a lot more than I thought. I've got to be honest. Mm. Um, and yeah, maybe this, maybe the, uh, the 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 person who I can't remember the call, uh, the the tweet or who it was from, who said that uh, most of his uh, last season's efforts were because he made the the, the strikes for himself. Personally, that's fine by me. <laughs> 
Yeah. If that's if it works, that's fine by me. It's when it doesn't, I guess. Yeah, Fosu has played one thousand twelve hundred and eighty five minutes according to my stats website. So just a two minute discrepancy and only three assists. So he'll be hoping for more than that, uh, before the end of the season. Uh Aaron Roth though I asked if if uh, people think we can win eleven games out of our final fourteen. Straight to the point, Aaron just says no. <laughs> uh so he's not feeling too confident. Right, we've still got your emails and your message boards posts to come here on Charlton Live. I think we might just hear a little bit more from Jason Pierce. Obviously, uh, uh join Terry and Greg up on the commentary box yesterday uh, and Terry just asked him how close he feels he is uh, on the way back to recovery from his injury uh, and uh, of course the only reason you're here is because uh, it's because you're still recovering from uh, from the injury how's that going everybody wants to know yeah it's going uh, positive really positive uh, I trained yesterday with the team um, so it's great to be back out there um, done a real tough session this morning uh, with Lyle Taylor and um and yeah, just sort of want to get basically just get back fit and uh, get back out there. Myself and Greg have a theory because the only reason people tend to come up here is because they're injured. If, if we threaten that at the beginning of the season, that uh, if you get injured, you have to spend time up here with myself and Greg, then I think the uh, injury rate will plummet. <laughs> it'll go down. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it will, actually. <laughs> well, that's not the answer I was looking I was fishing for compliments. That didn't <laughs> no, I'll tell you at the end. <laughs> Towards the near post, good delivery. Flicks on oh, by Grant. No goal yes. in now. Taylor got the final touch. I think he's going to claim it. Absolutely. Bolton his header deflected back off the post, and Lyle Taylor got a little flick, and Chon have the lead after 25 minutes. Chatting live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. The show's flying by this evening. We've only got about 12 minutes left because uh, so many of you have got involved. Uh, over email, over tweets, or on the the Charlton Live forum as well. Plenty to say after yesterday's one-all draw uh, with Chris Powell, Southend United. I should, should have a quick mention for Powell. It's always nice to see him back here. Uh, I, I liked. Uh, there's plenty of nice things. I saw him greeting old members of, of staff and stuff as I was leaving yesterday. But um, I remember when he was the manager here. He used to always when he came down the touchline at the start of the game. He used to always greet one fella from mm. the disabled section, a fella with like quite bushy hair. And uh, he spotted him yesterday. He went straight over to him and gave him a big hug. Yeah. He used to give him before. Uh, before every game and that made my day that did uh, I don't even know who that is but he seems uh, he seems to be uh, Chris Powell's sort of lucky charm or something can't buy class can you yeah no, exactly he's a, he's, a, he's a top top bloke Chris Powell uh, and good to see him back yesterday got the, re- got the reception he deserved uh, and then we all concentrated on the football which is what it's all about right let's have a look at a couple of the emails that, that came in we had some, we've got, we've got some nice DMs from uh, uh, Phil Cullum he, norm- he, normally, he normally goes to the game and then DMs us his thoughts after but he wasn't there yesterday he sent, he sent me a photo of a, a player in Flan- I could see they were playing for Lens, and I couldn't work out a Lons, whatever it's called, a French team. I was looking at the picture, I didn't recognise him at all, so I asked him, is, is El Hadji Bar playing yeah. for RC Lons? Uh, he said he was terrible, <laughs> just in case <laughs> anyone was wondering how, how El Hadji Bar's getting on. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, uh, email came in from Mark White. Evening, Mark, I hope you're well. He says, I thought yesterday we controlled the game, but if Marshall and Vettikele are the answers for the life of me, I cannot question. imagine what the question is. Marshall looked like, uh, tried hard, but he just can't cut it. Vettikele looks scared to get involved. A few token moves towards the ball may be understandable, given he is made of glass, but he didn't seem interested. Parker looked lively when he came on. We're looking uh, like a good team with no end product at the moment. Taylor coming back is a godsend, but with him on uh, eight yellows 
and the rate he picks them up, we'll probably lose him for another two games. Still, in Boya, we trust, and that's from Mark uh, in Swanley. Cheers for that, Mark. Then Cap uh, sent an email uh, as well. You have to feel for Lee Boya. It felt from his interview demeanour and comments, uh, R.E. Fossil and Marshall, that his frustrations are beginning to show. But what a job he has done. Limited resources, major injuries to two uh, to key players, uh, and every time there is a light at the end of the injury tunnel, another six-weeker occurs, or a suspension, or both forced to sell one of his two leading strikers without any team reinvestment and an owner he is not even sure will sanction a cheap short-term contract and we are top six despite everything Boyer, Jackson and Gallon are real Cholton legends up there with Curbs and Lenny whatever happens this season and that's from uh, Cap yeah I mean we, we didn't really mention uh, what Bo's had to say about the um, the free agent situation we heard him on Thursday's show saying he was looking at one Joe Mason we believe it is uh, who I don't know judging by what Bo is saying he sounds more likely to go to Plymouth who offered him a longer contract and also uh, Bo said he's not even sure if Roland will actually sanction any deal anyway well the point is uh, that uh, he can only spend in terms of wages what he's let what he's just let go uh, and I'd imagine um, Carlin and uh, Billy Clark weren't on huge money. And so um, we've got Josh Parker in. Uh, out of once since them to have gone away, we've we've got Johnny Williams in, but I guess he's replaced Ward. Um, so it just depends on how much money he's got left for, for salaries. And uh, whoever comes in has got to be within that, whatever that figure is. Mm. Uh, and if, he's, if the only ones out there are more money, then Mr. De Chatelet's got to say yes. And we don't expect that yeah. to be likely, do we? Unfortunately, he's not the man from Del Monte, is he? He rarely <laughs> says yes to anything good. Right, Simon, Simon Lambert, we were toothless up front without Taylor. Igor worked hard, just not the player he was and not uh, fit still. Fossu and Marshall have no end product and hold onto the ball too long. Where has our confidence and swagger gone? Oh yeah, we sold it in the transfer window. Cheers, Roland. Although Simon does add that Naby was man of the match. He was awesome. A true baller. Uh, and then we've got another one in from Rossi as well. Albert Rossi. Uh, says uh, Evening Louis uh, both the wingers were so poor yesterday Fossu has bags of talent and no end product Marshall one of the worst uh, uh, crossing I've seen in a Charlton show I mean it's so difficult with Marshall as well because he, like we said we had, he had that spell at Christmas uh, where he hasn't been able to uh, get the ball over the over the line. yeah he hasn't been able to, to hit those heights again which is which is disappointing mm. Uh, to see right Reese is saying uh, no to uh, automatic promotion especially as Taylor will be out for two of those games probably when he gets his 10th yellow card uh, yeah everyone if, even though he, he's, he's got five games not to get two but everyone's still a bit worried about that aren't they right Carly Byrne uh, not the Carly Byrne on the uh, on the forum there so I didn't go yesterday but I'm starting to get the feeling of predictability again progression will never be made whilst this club remains under the ownership of Du Chatelet Steve Brown got it right last night on Radio London uh, regardless of what happened in the transfer window with Grant, the club should have been looking to push on and improve during the window. I know some signings have been made, but we've got ourselves in with a real chance of possibly going up automatically and could have really improved the odds with some strong additions, yet the rug has again been pulled. Bayer and Jackson deserve much better for their achievements so far. Only when this parasitic presence finally slings his hook will we be able to move forward as a football club and it feels like we have to say that so often doesn't yeah, it in yeah. the last four years and it, 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 the, the tune's never changing is it it's probably going to uh, if, if, if he stays for much longer it's probably going to be included in the crest <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, right, um, another message board post came from Southwest. Addict says it was a highly frustrating performance. Too many creative players not turning up 
Without more injuries, I think this will be the last of Marshall and Fossey we see this season. Naby was exceptional and put in the best individual performances of the season so far. With Aribo and Taylor back next week, we will get back to winning ways. And that's uh, fingers crossed, certainly. Briston Addict says, I hope you're broadcasting on a slight delay this evening in case the F-bomber strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Nathan's, uh, Nathan's not in the building. Right, I think we should uh, give a little mention to the women's team, although not in the... the the happiest of circumstances. They were very much chalked it up this afternoon, unfortunately, in the FA Cup uh, against Huddersfield Town, who are in uh, the level below equivalent, the northern version of the level below. Uh, Charlton were 3-0 up with 14 minutes or 16 minutes left to go. A brace from Kit Graham and one from Charlotte Gurr. Um, so 16 minutes left to go against Huddersfield. Then we conceded three goals in eight minutes and went on to lose on penalties by five to four. So we're out of the FA Cup. I think it was Lizard Juppy who uh, was the unfortunate one to miss the uh, the penalty in a Charlton shirt. But um, yeah, that's uh, not what we come to expect from the women's team, really, is no, it? I was going to say. and uh, Or her either, because she's had a really good season yeah. so far. But I guess focus is on the league where they've been performing very well. Um, I'm sure they would have liked to cut run as well, but I would imagine that would be Ratisha's message from them. Um, I know they've got a game coming up at the Valley, haven't they, against Millwall, which will be hopefully get a good crowd down here as well. Um, and if you look at the season as a whole, they're performing, I think, way above the standard we perhaps expected of them. So mm. frustrating to be knocked out of a cup, but as I say, back to the league and potentially pushing for promotion, which is exciting. Yeah. I think if somebody had told them about Charlton and FA Cup before the game, they, they would have been, they'd have been uh, completely okay with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the the link with Huddersfield as well, obviously living on the yeah, fact that we are, play yeah. them in, in every level of football. So, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Carlin came down to... So, I mean, Carl, I, I, now, one thing I said, Carlin on paper might have scored yesterday, according I'm to Huddersfield's Twitter, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Is any, everyone else is saying there's an own goal. Has anyone seen oh, it? He was nowhere near it. No? No. no. All right, so, yeah, waste of money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, um... Looking ahead now, Blackpool, it's a big week for us really, isn't it? So obviously Taylor back next week, um, Aribo possibly back, we think. Uh, Bauer, of course, will be back as well. I mean, this is now, with Taylor coming back, this is now where the season starts again. We've had this little lull, we've had this little down in the dumps couple of uh, couple of weeks now. It feels like forever since that last home game and it's so easy to forget you know, that last home game against Accrington Stanley, uh, how good we were feeling at full time there because it's all fallen apart since then. And now it's so important this week that they get it right on the training ground and then they do the business on the pitch next week. Yeah, I'm well, probably one of the last person uh, you're ever going to hear say uh, uh, it's a must win. It's something I hate say, but uh, we got to win that, sadly. Mm. <laughs> we have, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, for many reasons. Yeah, I mean, Bo, you said about the 11 games out of 14 and I, I can't, I can't see it now. I mean, uh, even when we had Carlin and Taylor, I was sort of saying I'm not sure whether the top... I, I think it was... I'm trying to think the game where I finally said we might get in the top two, I think was Shrewsbury away when everything was going right. We had players coming back from injury. Carlin you know, wasn't quite linked with his move to Huddersfield at that point. I th- I'd slightly disagree. I think, you know, be- bearing in mind we've only got two points out of the last uh, nine... Uh, you know, you add seven points to to our total now, and we we you know we're there or thereabouts, and and then point pressure mm. are on the top two then becomes uh, realistic. You put point pressure on on teams, and they do make mistakes. And so, uh, I think had we got more points out of the last three, I think top two would have been oh yeah, no, absolutely that's, possible. That's what I was agreeing. with. Now, right? obviously, less so because we're not that we're not close enough mm. for them to think, oh, we can't slip up here. Well, I just feel like I'm being punished for finally coming out of my shell after the Shrewsbury <laughs> game and saying, actually, I think we can get in the top two. And then yeah, it's it all is gone, your fault. Yes. It's all gone horribly wrong since then with uh, with Carl and leaving with Taylor having his uh, free game suspension as well. But. Yeah, even even for the mentality of getting in the playoffs, because I mean, if this run continues, then we'll end up dropping out the playoffs. But obviously, we I don't think hopefully that that's going to happen. But 
just to make sure that it doesn't, we need to start not getting dragged to, dragged into a longer run than what we're on at the moment. Yeah, and I think that the players are coming back. Um, I'm away on holiday and we tend to do well when that happens. <laughs> so, yeah, players coming back. Um, it, it, it's not a bad run, really, when you look at it. As I said, you think back to the start of January and actually our form has been very good. Yes, performances have dropped slightly, but we know the reasons behind that. Um, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch. They gave us a tough game up there um, and I expect the same here. Um, but it's a game that we can win and we've been very close to winning. Obviously, we had the penalty up at Peterborough and that would have been a different story and we had chances yesterday as well. So I, I'm not, I'm pretty confident. Um, but as you say, if we do lose, it's that you start to think, right, how many is this going to be? But get a win and everything looks fine Especially again. Especially because it's a team that... Uh... Uh, only four, uh, sorry, only uh, mm. nine. Well, only nine points behind us, but behind us nonetheless in the in the league table. Right, we've uh, run out of time here on this evening's Charlton Live. We'll uh, we'll have a proper look ahead to the uh, Blackpool game on Thursday. Myself, Tom, and Nathan should be here uh, on Maritime Radio, seven pm, or of course on the podcast. I have a thank you to Tom for coming in this Cheers, evening. Louis. Thank you, Terry. See you Good Thursday. See you. Cheers, Louis. Thanks, everyone. And uh, thanks for listening all the way to the end of Charlton Life. We'll be back here on Thursday. I've been Louis Mendes. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for all your many messages that have kept us going throughout this evening. We always love to hear what you guys think about Charlton. Uh, and uh, yeah, we look forward to doing that again on Thursday. We shall see you next week. <laughs> Charlton Life. 